this place shall become your grave! Somewhere between science and superstition, there is another world. <laughs> there is a creature alive today. Hello listeners and welcome to another Please Don't Listen to This Your Soul Depends On It Hello Scream Monster Terror Soda of Fright No Survivors This week we bring you a very special terror sode uh, Just two crew strong You might even say it's a skeleton crew uh, where we are going to be talking about the haunted PS1 demo disc, the 2021 version specifically. And who I have with me today, I have 3D Polygonal Bird themselves, Seth. My name is Tori, and I'm just a cute <laughs> little bird, and I'm just going to collect little stars, and nothing weird is going to happen. <laughs> and I'm legally distinct Harry Mason from Silent Hill, Nick. <laughs> Hello, legally distinct uh, Harry Mason from Silent Hill. So this is uh, the second year of a collaboration between uh, a lot of different indie developers and specific and the Haunted PS One team, which is like just like kind of a, a an third, online community. Third year. Oh no, this disc is 20, the second year. Sorry. Yeah, this disc is the ses- yeah, second year. They did First another year. one this year, so they've done twenty 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 one and Mall. We had talked about doing this before and playing these games before, but never got around to it. And the games on twenty twenty on the 2020 disc did look good. But um, I was really happy, Seb, you were the one who brought this up and said that we should do it for an episode. And I was so excited to play all of these. Yeah, um, I found this out by um, or through a YouTuber that I watch um, called Izzy. Um, and she just does a lot of um, she's like a one of those internet like history history type of people um she specializes mostly in things that you would things you would do if you were 14 in the year 2015 you know that kind of thing um so she's done like club penguin she's done um you know little creepy pasta games that float around the internet all sorts of like internet history stuff like that in um earlier Did she ever talk year, about you may nikki huh did she ever talk about Yume Nikki? Um, I don't believe she did. She's. She I guess does... that might be a little. That might be a little too early for her, actually. If I think about it. She she sometimes goes back a little bit. Um, she just released one about the rise and fall of Slenderman, which I have not watched yet. Um, send me that link. That sounds great. Yeah, I will. Um, yeah, she did something about Mary Sue's, um, Purple Place, which was like a packed-in Windows game. At one point, um, from like Windows Seven onward, um, you know stuff like that. Yeah, and about five months ago, it says she did the uh, haunted PS One disc. I think she did the. I believe she did the second one. I think she did this one. Um, yeah. So you found yeah. out about it through her. Yep. 
Um, and I was immediately, I was like, oh, this is a Terrasode type of thing. Yeah, Like, absolutely. this is perfect for us. Um, unfortunately, Alex and Cam did not get in on it. I think they would enjoy it, but, you know, it's Terrasode. I think Alex definitely would, but I think Cam would get frustrated by I think, uh, a lot of this shit. Yeah, there's a couple things I think Cam might be into. Like, um, I was just looking at a video of, I didn't play this one, but, um, what was it, Peeb Adventure? Peeb Adventure is him, good. Uh, fling across the the roof. I was like, "That's Spider Man." Cam it's would really like good. this. Peep Adventures is is quite yeah. excellent. But um, yeah. So we we played each. I think maybe like eleven or twelve games. Um, yep. This is a twenty five game demo disc. And what I initially thought when I had heard of this was, I thought that the demo was just like a, a an aesthetic thing, like them saying it was a demo disc, and they were actually yeah, just really small too. games. But no, these are demos for games that were either in development or you know nearing completion at the time of the twenty twenty one demo disc. And some of them are out now, and you can just play them. Yeah, but um, uh. I did not realize that each one of these was going to have a full game behind them. I thought it was just like, oh, here's my bite-sized thing that I made for the demo disc, like almost like a game jam kind of thing. Yeah. That's what I thought, but I was totally wrong, and I was happy to be wrong. Um, yeah, there's so, a couple of these that I really want to play more of. Um, and, and just so you know, listeners, if you do want to try out these games, um, this project is on uh, itch.io, um, and a lot of the games, I think, are also on itch.io. It's all free. Um, the demo absolutely and in general in general if you have a computer you should be checking itch.io more often there are some really really good things lots of really there. good games um they have bundles like like social justice bundle they did a ukraine the racial bundle. justice the the um, trans health one yep um and they'll have hundreds of games in them for like cheap and then you get to go- donate to a good cause I have spoken on this show many times before about my love of uh, throwing uh, cubes at a brick tower at, until it collapses. Oh, Steven, uh, which is... Bil- uh, Steven Spielberg's uh, Boom Blocks? <laughs> it's much better than Boom Blocks. Yeah. But, um, well, I'm going to get the link to that one real quick. But, yeah. Seb, why don't you tell me what, you, what the first game that you played was? Because you and I both picked the same first game, even though, as we just found out by talking about it, the... Uh, position of these games is random within the demo disc. So yeah, when it, you walk in, it is a first-person, uh, era-appropriate polygonal area, laid out uh, almost like a like Namco Museum for the PS One is, uh, where there are big like it's a hall, and entering different rooms will uh, that's where the game is, and then you interact with an item within that room, and that will start the demo, but. This is a three-floor museum kind of area, and which rooms contain which games is random to each user, which we didn't know. We didn't know because we were like, okay, we'll both play everything on the first floor. And so we did. But Seb and I got different sets of games, and we didn't even know that. Yeah, they're, they're, um, the placement of them populates randomly the first time you launch the game, um, and then it's the same every time after. Uh, so, um, I think they, they must do that so that you don't, um, so that certain, uh, creators don't get screwed over, um, because if everyone just does the first floor and doesn't get to the third floor, you, you, nobody sees your game. Um, but somehow Nick and I both had Tori 3D, um, like placed right across from the elevator 
Um, so we both did that first. Um, and that is a little game where you play as a little bird. It's all really bright, happy, saturated colors, pinks and yellows and stuff like that. I mean, you're just a little bird running across the tops of buildings, um, hopping and, you know, avoiding little enemies and collecting stars. Um, but there's like something weird going on. There's like big tears in reality, like big digital looking tears in reality. And there's, there's like this big spooky digital ghost guy who kind of comes out and follows you. Um, so, and that's pretty much it. Like this one, I think only goes for like two or three short levels. Two, it's um, like two, it's two stages. And, um, I really got excited when I first saw it, but then I got super annoyed at the way the physics worked when I jumped. There, a lot of the games had that, and I, I think uh-huh. I sort of forgive it for being in keeping with the time, because at the time a lot right. of physics annoyed me. But they, not all of the games really stuck strictly to, this is what they had on the PS1, this is what I'm going to do. Um, they just right. all kind the of PS1, had the aesthetic. The haunted PS1 like label is something that is more uh applies to the curators rather than the actual Mm -hmm. developers making the games themselves yeah they're all a little spooky even if they're Mm -hmm. not like straight up horror they're they all got you know like a little bit of spook or a little bit of a macabre theming to them a little bit of an edge sometimes but they're not all like scary games in fact i wouldn't call most of them scary there is one game on this collection that i found scary and um it was very it was it was pretty effective and i really hope that that uh <coughs> that that game uh like continues development into like something really cool was it risu no it was uh it was um it was uh, janitor bleeds oh that's the one I, one of the ones i didn't play risu yeah. spooked me at first and then you get to like I, I guess the boss at the very end of the demo and i'm like what the fuck and it's bongo bongo from ocarina of time yeah it was it was great, um, but so we were talking about Tori 3D. Um, this one I thought was cute. Um, I don't know that I would get it. It's it's kind of one of those like, oh, it's a cute, spooky, creepypasta type of thing. Like, oh, you're playing a cute game, and then all of a sudden it's weird. Um, yeah. Not that um, I think that's a bad thing. I I it's just I it made, doesn't hold my interest. I made a critical error when I was playing this game, and I'm hoping that you did not make the same mistake. I played through this game. I had some fun. I had some complaints about the jumping, but mostly I liked it. Mm-hmm. Your enemy is a, a, the the Grim Reaper that stole your slice of cake. <laughs> but uh, when you play this game, uh, and when you're playing a, a bunch of horror games, and you're supposed to talk about it on a podcast, you want to get the full experience. And oh, yeah, I was so this. excited to like you know do well and like play the game that in the second level one of the stars that's set decoration in the background gets a glitchy face and starts growing the more like little collectibles you collect and starts chasing you very slowly throughout the level. And I'm like, I can avoid this guy. My jumps are perfect. I'm so good at this. Then I reach the end and it's like, thank you for completing the demo. I'm like, wait, I should have seen what happens when you get caught by him. And now I have no idea. Yeah. I feel uh, like an idiot. You, you mentioned this before we recorded <coughs> yesterday when we recorded yeah. our, our ghosts, uh, our ghost tour episode. Yeah. Um, and, I can agree with that, but I wouldn't feel too bad about it, honestly. Most of the time, I wouldn't feel bad about it. But I feel like because of that, I missed a significant part of what even makes it eligible to be on this disc. Yeah. Did you did you let that thing catch you? 
No, I didn't because it was just so like I all, I didn't even realize it was chasing me. I don't think I was just like, no. oh, it's just a a thing in the background that's floating around. I didn't even realize it because it was going yeah. so slowly. Did the screen start getting redder for you at any points? Yes. Yeah, that's when it's getting closer. When it's like getting really close, the oh, screen I thought it was to just trying to be like, the noise cuts it's in. Weird. It's corrupted. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is doing that, but it's doing that because yeah. of the the glitchy star chases you. So that's the main like kind of reason that Tori 3D is on this list, right? Yeah, it's one of it's those on. like, oh, it's cute, and then it tries to subvert your expectation of being cute by being horror. Right. And um, beyond that, I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about there. It's it's a no. uh, it's a 3D platform with not too like crazy of a gimmick, but I was still happy to see it on there because you know you don't just want everything to be the same kind of horror games on this. I was very happy to see multiple different genres represented here. Mm-hmm. Like all sorts of different genres. There's there's 3D, there's 2D, there's first person, there's third person. Um, there's shit with tank controls. There's stuff with, you know, your, your what would you call just normal controls, I guess. Spider Analog controls. controls. Yeah. Um, there's all sorts of different games on here. There's ones that look like they're made for kids. There's ones that are definitely not. Um do you wanna do you wanna pick the next game to talk yeah, about? Yeah, um, I'm actually booting up Haunted PS1 in the background because I want to look specifically at the ones that I was playing, kind kind of in the order I was playing them because that shaped what I was thinking about them at the time. Yeah. So, on my first floor, uh, right behind the main pillar was Peep Adventures. So I on the first floor, or not Peep Adventures, uh, Tori 3D. So that's why I was gravitated to it. I was like, it's a bright color that stands out in this gray museum area. And it's straight ahead as soon as I walk to the side of this pillar. Mm -hmm. And then I uh, dove into the next one, which was the Lunar Effect. Lunar Effect is a... Uh, it's it, the description is it takes its protagonist on a dark and unfamiliar path, awakening in a strange mansion. He must discover the fate of its inhabitants and find a way out. So this is the one that I was thinking of when we were talking about like, oh, did you play the game that plays like Resident Evil? I was thinking of the Lunar Effect, which is oh, okay. but, uh, it plays like Resident Evil to me because it's in a big house with uh, with kind of the tank control walking and. Um, you wake up and you're not sure why you're in there and you kind of have to navigate the rooms of this mansion and there are uh and you and solve puzzles and then at one point a timer appears and you got to solve the puzzles within that timer like to get out it's it's the navigational and inventory puzzles as okay. opposed to like a, like yeah. a puzzle game uh, pathogen x was mostly like the theme of there's an outbreak um and then you got to there's the the rooms in this one were actually randomly gen- generated, but you would go through each corridor and there would be a zombie and you would have to manage your ammo and, you know, shoot the zombie or walk past them sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah. So it was more about like the, door, dealing with enemies. Yep. As you go opposed through a door to, um... and it does the door cut scene. Like that part of Resident Evil. It wasn't... Like it was the very surface stuff of, of Resident right. Evil. That's funny because... Uh... There are supposedly going to be enemies in combat in Lunar Effect, but there weren't in what I was playing. Like, at the end of the demo of what I got, like, something, like, some kind of monster of some kind bursts into the area that you are hmm. in. And there you don't have any opportunity to fight it. But, like, they're like, yeah, there's going to be combat in the full game. And I'm like, okay, cool. But, I mean, I was liking what I saw. Like, the, the, the game of Resident Evil is what you're doing in the menus. The cl- of classic Resident Evil, anyway. It, it, and that is the case more than 
the shooting because the shooting is like auto aim it's mostly done for you it's about having enough bullets and standing in the right spot Mm -hmm. it's not about aiming like something like resident evil 4 is later on but um uh i liked the theming of this game the kind of idea that you were uh you were going to be in trouble because you came to this house to like help somebody help somebody that you know and his wife's like, uh, he's kind of going a little crazy down there. I'm not sure what he's working on, but I'm happy you're here because it's good to have somebody else to talk to besides my crazy husband. And you're like, oh, I love your crazy husband. He's my best pal. This is all stuff that I'm figuring out through notes that were left, uh, you know, because I'm not seeing another human in this game. I'm not talking to anyone. Um, and uh, I like that it's all like apparently some kind of horrible moon experiment or ritual. I like that. It makes me makes me think almost that it could be like a like a werewolf style thing. Maybe I, I like the the. I wasn't getting that impression from like the there were like claw marks or anything in the scenery. But um, the writing didn't stand out as too incredible. But I didn't see that much of it. You know, it's just a tiny demo, and um, I just loved navigating that mansion area. It's something I never get sick of. Navigating a mansion area and tank controls and bringing inventory items from one place to another. And I thought the whole putting a timer on you and being like, if you don't solve this shit within 30, sec- within 30 minutes, you're going to be in trouble. It wasn't actually 30 minutes. It was like less time than that. But uh, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was a, a cool kind of twist on it because, you know, you're just going back and forth between rooms, trying to figure out what goes where, trying to figure out what you didn't. Uh, I didn't check a desk drawer at the beginning. So I was missing a pencil that I needed for later on. No. And I was like, what the fuck? Where's this pencil? But I ended up liking the game. Um, I would maybe play that. I don't know if I, I would if it would lose its charm over the course of like eight hours or whatever. But I really enjoyed the, the kind of bite-sized uh, little slice of it I got. Yeah, I feel like most of these games aren't going to end up being eight hours. I think these are like two-hour yeah. games. Because they're, they're mostly like one or two devs working independently. Yeah, the shocking amount of, or maybe not so shocking amount, of the games on here were made by one person. Yeah. Um, uh, ap- 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 blah, blah, blah. Apoptosis? Ap- Apolysis? Apolysis. Apolysis. Apolysis was done by um, two trans women um, who I... Okay, so sometimes in if you're looking at a piece of media, you can immediately tell it's made by a trans person. And I, I went into this. I, I'm not going to say that. I would never clock you. <laughs> um, but, I mean, this this thing specifically deals with body dysmorphia and self-loathing and, and stuff like that. Um, do you mind if I go uh, ahead? Go ahead. Yeah. I don't actually okay. know this one. Oh, wait. No, wait. Hold on. Apoptosis. Apolysis. I actually do know this Apolysis. one. So, yeah. Apolysis. I was thinking of a, a different thing on this list. Okay. Apolysis, I have played, and but I'm going to let you talk, and I'll just chime in when... Okay. Uh, yeah. Um. So so this one I I mentioned it by the because um, it's made by two devs, um. And they are both named Valerie, and one is named <laughs> um, Valerie. Dawn. It's like how there are two, there were two Johns making Doom. Yeah, but what one one goes by Valerie Dawn, and the other one like is Valerie, and then quote Dusk, and then her last. That's name. so just, funny. Just as a like silly like oh that. I'm Valerie, you're Valerie, you're Valerie Dawn, I must be Valerie Dusk. Haha. <laughs> You know, that's, that's really cute. Um, so uh, I, I immediately, like, I went in there and I'm like, okay, you're a female lead in a horror game and there's, like, 
body horror. Like, even before I saw the parts that were definitely, like, oh, it's a female body strung up here. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, stuff about being the seeker and, like, finding shit and surviving it. And, you know, like, I was like, these women are trans. And it's very much um, a very... It's all about saws cutting you up from the inside. Yeah. Um, So you're exploring. There's really nothing like after you in the demo. You're just kind of exploring. um, I think they called it a church, but it's like a kind of a weird industrial. It's a factory. Yeah, it's like a factory. They they might have called it like a ritual ground or an altar or something like that, but it is absolutely industrial. It's a factory. It's Mm. a. Yeah, that's what you're dealing with. Yeah, like it's all red. There's like weird shit just kind of like growing on stuff like body parts and stuff um there's like a couple parts where you go into what seems to be kind of a different dimension um and it's it's very much about body dysmorphia it's a very personal um game i feel like that these two women are making mm-hmm. um, um very silent hill one in some ways mm. uh the, the whole going into another world and the industrial aspects this might be a guy who's only seen Boss Baby kind of situation that I'm saying here. But um, <laughs> I think that this game, I would absolutely play a full game of this. Mostly because I think I think it would be very kind of, even though it's uh, like, you know, bloody and disgusting and everything. Uh, I do think that this would be a very kind of easy, relaxing game because it's not <laughs> making a whole lot of mechanical demands of you. Except for remembering where you are and remembering where things are. Um, a game about jumping into holes and seeing bodies ripped apart by saws that doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of gameplay demands is something I could very much get into. I feel like I, I'd be very much the opposite. While I would play it for the personal aspect of it, I think it would be kind of demanding mentally. I mean, if you're a person who's experienced those things that this game is about, it's going to hit. You know, I'm I, very privileged. I, I don't. I don't got to deal with gender like at all. I, I got no. I got no problems yeah, keep, with gender. I can play this from the outside. That's not what I mean. I, this no, game has I a lot. This game has a lot of gender in it. I love Nick it. I'll take. I'll take all the gender. I'll take all the gender you got. <laughs> Too much I could gender. use it. I don't have enough. Yeah. Um, no. I. Uh, so this game, like at first, I was like, oh, the writing's a little pretentious. But then as I went through, like even like. 10 steps in i was like i get what it's doing and if you're gonna make a very heartfelt and personal thing you can be you can make it sound as pretentious as you fucking want like this is your words from your soul it's not like we're watching ergo proxy here Mm -hmm. um not that anybody else really knows what that is but that is so up its own ass um but uh, yeah, that one's really good. That's that one is one of the ones that's like it's a stark contrast to Tori 3D, like the, like very absolutely surface level, surface level shallow horror, and then very like deep personal like, psychological yeah personal stuff. Like I was into that. Um, it wasn't my favorite thing on the disc, but I was like very impressed by that. And I was I'm proud of those two women for putting this out there too. Absolutely. It's um, to like even show something so personal in a in a not complete state. Mm, definitely. Like to say to, it's like really putting yourself on display and being like, this is what this is like what we are. This is who we this is who we are. This is what we're doing. And this is how we feel. Mm. And I think that's not something that we feel in all of these games for sure. Most of them are not personal. 
Yeah, there's there's um, this one. Um, there's an outcry, which I don't know if you got to that one. No, I didn't get to that one. Um, if it segues very nicely from that one, I think. So if you don't mind me going on, and you can do go ahead. Two next. Okay. So an outcry. I think I played that directly after this one. An out an outcry is um like a pixel rpg style like a 2d rpg style thing um oh yeah i would like that that sounds good um well you are the unnamed um is the Uh name of the main character and you're kind of like purposely given like a very nobody anonymous look like a gray blob person um and that's kind of on purpose because you're kind of a so you're non-binary um, mm-hmm. in this game and you're you're a they them uh and the writing of this game reminds me a bit of disco elysium um just in kind of its its cheekiness and its commentary mm-hmm. on the world um it's not speaking directly to you but it is using they them for you all the time it's like speaking in the third person like this has happened and not it is happening um so you're. I, I respect that a lot. I like it when games will play with text. Text heavy games playing with text. Yeah. Are you. Is something. No, I was. I Miss Kitty moved from her spot and I couldn't figure out where she was. She's actually right behind me. Okay. Um, and she's just on the blanket on the couch instead of in the corner that she was in before. So she's not causing any problems. I was just trying to figure out where she was. Okay. Um, but uh, so, yeah, so you're you're this person living in an apart, like really shitty apartment building in Austria. So it's another one of those things where it's it's a commentary on a shit situation. Um, this time specifically in a real country rather than a mm-hmm. fake country that's kind of a, an amalgam of mm-hmm. like post-war Europe, you know, and, and the issues that came from that. Right. Um, so this so- one you're. Huh? You're you're in the top-down RPG. Uh, is there is it like more about exploring the area, or is there combat? Is there puzzles? What's the um, what's the main? No, you, you're more here? kind of following the story and following the thoughts of your character. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and you do have to like go get a thing or go talk to a person, and you do have choices in talking to people. Mm-hmm. And the people in your apartment building are for for. You all right? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Um, so they're for a large part, um, kind of assholes Mm -hmm. to you. Um, and they don't respect your gender identity. One is like, you'll never be a man or you'll never be a woman. And you're like, whatever. Um, and then there's one other person who's trans herself, I think. Um, but she calls you, you know, Hey girlfriend, you know, whatever, like assumes you're trans that way or something. Mm -hmm. Um, but you're kind of not really out to anybody and you're very lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the story is kind of um, talking about how life sucks. Austria's going into the shitter with um, far right propaganda. And you had you made an attempt on your life a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really sure where it's all going to like where they intend to go with it other than just mm-hmm. kind of following your character but it's another thing like a policis that um feels personal it feels personal and it it's this one though more is more making more commentary on the world in general and how it makes it shit for you while a policis is is about the internal feelings it's yeah it's very internal so i respect that one a lot um for that 
especially for being like you're a non-binary character mm -hmm. that plays very much into your own internal tur turmoil all right well um uh if you like subtlety we're gonna get rid of that for a couple of games cool. uh we're um because next on my list uh going uh, going clockwise as i was was peeb adventures peeb adventures is a is another 3d platformer of a different kind uh whereas um something like uh tori 3d go comes from more of the like uh it's it's tori 3d is very much the side-scrolling platformer of 2d brought into the 3d era like and there were games like that crash bandicoot did a lot of stuff like that um a lot of mascot platformers were built like that where they had a goal at the end like the old toy story games were built like that and then because they started making it before Mario 64 came out. And then after Mario 64 comes out, everyone's like, oh, god damn it. We were supposed to be doing that. We were supposed <laughs> to be making games about collecting shit instead of reaching an end goal. Peep Adventures is more from the latter camp. This is a 3D platformer after Mario 64 with stuff that couldn't have possibly been done then as well, like a grappling hook. You're a little nose with legs, and your grappling hook is you shoot a little like snot a out of a nostril. Elephant. Yeah. And that you're Peeb, and you go on an adventure. And the adventure, uh, basically the premise for this game is that you are playing a 3D platformer from that era that has something wrong with it. It's like a, this, you're doing like a Ben Drowned kind of creepypasta. This is the, my the game from my childhood, but there's something wrong with it. It's corrupted in some way. And it starts with you uh, going up to the Monkey King, and the Monkey King says... Oh, if you give me enough bananas, I'll let you into the castle. And there's like four around. You pick up the four bananas, you give them to him. And he's like, great. Now only 999,999 more. And then and you're like, hey, wait a minute. There's not enough bananas for that. But if you go around the back of the castle, you pick up a glitched banana that does like a stack overflow and gives you, <clears throat> gives you <clears throat> more bananas than the game can count. And the number is like all fucked up. And so then when you start giving those bananas to the Monkey King... Uh, it, they just start like going to him and then he just explodes and you hear a scream. Uh, oh and then God. you, but, and so then you can go inside the castle where you have three different platforming sections. And I actually did really like the way this game played. Uh, collisions are weird. Like, like, uh, it's meant to be funny. Uh, but it is like, uh, a little annoying that like you explode into blood whenever you lightly touch a spike. Uh, like sometimes I couldn't tell that an area was a hazard because of the way it was lit. Um, but the instancing, the restarts are so quick that I really didn't mind. And I was very excited to play this game um, and to play more of it. And I found a secret in this game that's not much of a secret. I feel like it's the only one in this game where there is a secret area that you get into by manipulating the physics on peeb to get around a corner and i can't i shouldn't you can't say like you're not supposed to get in there because you're obviously supposed to get in there you're not like going out of bounds or anything um but uh you do like are going away from the critical path and when you find it in the green path there's a like a little guy in there who says uh find the secret in the red path and when you do find that secret in the red path, um, like it takes you to uh, a monkey ball or Mario Galaxy style rolling level with physics where you're or, or maybe Marble Blast is actually a better example. Peeb does Peeb's look doesn't change at all, but he's rolling around like a ball. He's rolling around inside a little like marble. 
Um, and there's a realistic head in the background that like a realistic head of a, of a, of just like a, a real life guy that you are slowly rolling towards and you solve some rolling puzzles and you get there and then it just kicks you back out to the title screen with some horrible noises. And it's pretty, it's great. I loved that. But then I went back and finished it the normal way. Uh, and it happens right before a boss fight. And then that game, it starts to reveal more of the actual story where it's like somebody is using the game as their own ends. Like some kind of computer entity is living inside the game. And is like, I don't want you to beat this boss because it's going to undo some of the stuff I've been doing in the game. So you got to get out of here and kicks you out to a hub world where it shows that there are five doors you're going to enter that represent different styles of games. You can play with Peeb as the protagonist to help win the cartridge back or whatever. And that sounds really promising. I think that that like the way I liked their 3d platforming stuff when they're like super Peeb RPG is in the game and super puzzle Peeb and like uh, a rolling Peeb. Like all this, yeah, all this stuff sounded really good. And like, uh, I haven't done a ton of research into Peep Adventures to see if it would be something I'd like to play afterwards. Um, or, or rather if it's something I can play right now, but if I find out that Peep Adventures came out like this year, I'm just going to go fucking play Uh, it. I had a great time with that one. Name your price. Oh, it's done. All right. Then yeah, I got to go play Peep Adventures. But, um, could be. 100 yeah. million thousand bazillion could be One. negative stack overflow yeah. of money well uh people ventures was a was a hit for me but um risu i was uh i was kind of in the in the middle on uh risu was the next one going clockwise and, and this one like it has both styles of control it is a fixed camera game in the style of a Resident Evil or Silent Hill, an old mm-hmm. horror game. But I shouldn't use those as examples. What I should use are Siren and Fatal Frame. That's what this game is yeah, like. Yeah, I was reminded of Fatal Frame. I mean, you're a you're a high school girl uh, mm-hmm. going through a spooky old school, you know, Japanese yes. school. That's um, right. Stuff like that. I mean, there's no camera, but you mm-hmm. are like, there's obviously like ghost shit there. And I think I got the feeling that your your main character is used to ghost shit. Yeah. The way she talks. She doesn't is very... seem phased by this sort of thing yeah and um uh this game ends on a giant laugh after having a really good buildup of atmosphere i which i do respect i think that this game does well uh i like this it's little item puzzles i like that it makes you pour bleach into a toilet i think that that's pretty great most games don't ask you to do that uh pouring bleach into a toilet and then fishing it out fishing out a key with a magnet uh and then, um, like, that's, like, the, one of the main, like, things you need to do to move forward. And then you need to get a blue orb to, like, dispel. Blue some, yeah, blue sphere to, to, dis- <laughs> to dispel, like, a magic barrier. And, like, this, I, I, I just described it in, like, two sentences. But this can take, like, half an hour or 40 minutes mm-hmm. or whatever. Just running around and figuring it out. And there's you're not in danger, but the atmosphere is really good. Oh, yeah. I, I like that there's just, like, a foggy void out outside. I thought I was going to find a guy like that maybe maybe i was naive uh but i was just like no this this isn't the kind of game because they don't they they hadn't given you anything to like to do or run away from there are indications that people have been there but i feel like i felt very safe i guess 
in that zone. And then after you dispel the blue magic that's kind of like uh, pre preventing you from going upstairs, when you do go upstairs, you are all of a sudden on the basketball court and fucking head and hands boss from Mar from Ocarina of Time, Bongo Bongo, appears and swings his hand at you. And then it's like, thanks for playing the demo. And I was like, yeah, and the was I supposed to not get hit by that? It, it's goofy. Yeah. Uh, like it was really good because I had been kind of like spooked. Like there's there's one room in it the diffuses the tension like, in a really red. endearing way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it it totally fakes you out, especially the name Risu. Mm -hmm. Like oh Ringu, you know it's like one of those Japanese Hausu, one of those <laughs> kind of things. They do say ooh a lot. Yeah, um, but it's just like one of those one word Japanese name games. Mm -hmm. Or, like, movies or something like that, where yeah. you're just like, oh, the spooky girl is there. Um, and it's just totally not that at the end. It's I had like, a good time with yeah. this, but uh, I, yeah, this is another one where I'm like, I don't know if I want to play this for the whole time. I kind I of got what I, play it. I kind of got what I wanted out of it. Like, yeah. I enjoyed the puzzle solving, and then I got a huge laugh out of the basketball thing. It's a 15-minute like, shitpost. It's great. I want. I loved it. I I had a really good time with it, but I wonder if I loved it too much. Like now, I don't need to need to go back for more. Yeah, it's it's like a self-contained yeah. type of laugh. Like, I think that know. that's the worry. The worry with when you put out a demo is if you make uh, is if you make something too good, then people aren't going to buy. Mm -hmm. People aren't going to go for the rest of it. But then, if you make something really good, then if even if people are satisfied, they're still going to want more. They're they're willing to overeat on your stuff. Yeah. Like, um, I, I wonder what would have happened if PT was actually made. Like, would it have been? It's as much funny you bring that up. That is an absolutely perfect segue into Still Ridge. If you, uh, okay. if you don't mind. Yeah, so, I did not play this one either. I it's mean, a shame PC, that you I didn't. Play the last one that Nick talked about. Yeah, Still Ridge is a game that is a point-and-click adventure, sort of, in uh, the style of a of a Gabriel Knight three like what like like uh you're a 3d character moving around so i guess it's more like um like a grim fandango or one of the later uh, du uh double fine first person? adventure games no it's um it's a three it's third person and you were controlling okay. a character who is a real character with like a real job and name and backstory and everything and he is a like an interesting guy first of all this is the only game i can think of at least the of the ones that i played that had a black protagonist and made a point of having a black protagonist, like it's important to their backstory and and they and like the dialogue they have with characters, which I wasn't expecting them to have any dialogue with characters. I wasn't expecting to meet a guy I could talk to in this game. I thought it would just be about putting one creepy thing next to another creepy thing and trying not to get killed, which does happen. But this game, Still Ridge, is obviously meant to evoke Silent Hill. So you uh, uh, get into the game and you wake up in a concrete room with a horrible little wet, bloody bag of flesh on the ground. And I'm like, oh, it's PT. and Because I played a lot of PT, and I love PT. And then I walk out, and I walk out into the looping hallway from PT, rendered in low-poly style, with its own, um, of course, because, you know, the person making this game, they don't know what fucking Kojima was going to do with that game. No, None of us know. Uh, maybe Kojima himself doesn't even know what he was going to do with that game. So, like, the backstory on, on everything is different, and the, the reasons for all these objects being there are different. But there are still, like, like the pills on the counter and the, 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 ra the clock radio and the phone, the analog phone, um, the, like a, a home phone kind of thing. And so... You are solving puzzles in this looping hallway. When you walk to the end of this hallway and you open the door, it opens back up 
right where you started. And uh, if you change the time on the digital alarm clock, then that will change the state of the hallway. And uh, so you, you go find... from being in like Connecticut to to like Oregon. It'll change the uh, the the spooky things you are experiencing. Okay. So, for example, <laughs> when you change it to eight a.m., you will hear the morning show, and the morning show will describe a horrible, gruesome murder where a husband. So, for example, you turn it to eight a.m. That tells you the radio show. The radio show tells you about the gruesome murder. The gruesome murder of the wife happened at two p.m. And then the husband killed himself at 6 p.m. So you change it to 2 p.m. And you had to solve some puzzles involving the uh, mysterious wife. You change it to 6 p.m. You solve some puzzles involving the mysterious husband. And then uh, you get the two halves of a wedding photo. You stick them together in the frame. And then uh, you're doing all this with point and click controls, by the way. Then you find a gun. And uh, then you shoot a horrible shambling creature that comes after you. And the second that you shoot it, and then leave out the front door instead of out the side door that's been taking you on this loop, you wake up in a diner. And the, the guy's like, you fell asleep on the counter, but it seemed like you were really tired, so I didn't want to bother you, but your food's ready. So I got to bother you now. And, he, and you're like, uh, was I, how long have I been here? And then you have an entire real full conversation with a guy about the play, about the town of Still Ridge, about the history of this place, about what you were doing, about what he was doing about the the food at the diner like about the history of all this stuff and it's like oh you like kind of baited this hook with pt and but you do have a real idea and a real game behind this and that was like a very pleasant surprise like it's not just rehashing uh effective horror design it is like bringing their own themes and ideas to the table and i really loved it that sounds uh, really Still Ridge, good. Still Ridge was one of my favorites. Still Ridge and Peep Adventures, the two are, are the two that I brought up before. Where I'm like, wow, that was amazing. I loved yeah. it. Uh, um, speaking of of the black main character, right? Um, I really like that stuff like this gives people an opportunity to you know get their own representation, um, because we don't get that in in the mainstream. Like individual people who want and need representation could just stick it on the internet and then we can all see it in in a game like this like i've already talked about two games about trans people and then we've got one with um a poc main character and that's great so still ridge was absolutely one of my favorites i think it's Mm. your your turn next what do you got um so i'm gonna talk about one i didn't like okay um and it was fiend's isle Okay, I didn't play and, this one. Uh, so this one is trying to be a roguelike, but also trying to be Elder Scrolls Arena. Interesting. If that makes sense. I think so, I kind of get it. So though, when I say Elder Scrolls Arena, I mean it looks and plays a lot like that. What are you doing? Oh, okay, well... I'm not going to close the door to the closet because she'll get herself in there again and get stuck. Okay. Um, sorry. Um, so, okay. So your Elder Scrolls Arena, except if it was actual 3D graphics, but, you know, like it's still super basic and, and polygonal. Um, and then it's randomly generated dungeons. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. very basic combat. And you you're fighting like... 
a worm coming out of the sand and a like-like, like literally a like-like, um, or a skeleton. And you have to go across like a bridge that has big axes swinging across it and get some treasure. And I could not discern what I was using this treasure for or how it was going to, you know, help me. Um, or how long the level was, what my goal was, um, and everything. Like, the combat sucked. You had no indication of if you were hurting an enemy. Like, at first I hit one of the like-likes and it made a bouncy noise. And I was like, oh, I guess I can't hit him with my sword. I have to go around him or something. Like, it didn't look like it was gonna... Like, it, it's just not... I don't think it's even at... It was not at a point where it could have been a demo. Like, I'm not sold on this. Hmm. And and I died twice, very frustratingly, because I, I, like, couldn't get across the stupid axe bridge. Of course, because it's a roguelike, it starts you all over again. Mm-hmm. The world is not interesting looking because it looks like Elder Scrolls Arena. Um, and it's it's not there. It's not good. I don't like this. The roguelike formula does not work like this or they have not executed it in a way that works you know, you know? i know what you mean um i mean it's, i would recommend it's really hard trying to it those... just to see it just to you know complete our our quest to play every roguelike but um, it's important I mean, to I give yourself that's perspective what demos are for, but yeah you know it's important to give yourself perspective for sure yeah um Okay, so next one for me is, I think, one that you did play as well, which is Echostasis. I love this one. I thought this one was super cool. This one was so good. I'm going to get this. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to go on Steam right now so I don't forget and and see if it's up. So, Echostasis is uh, a first-person game, adventure game, that turns into an FPS, although even that kind of feels like a spoiler. Like... Uh, no, it starts uh, you out as the FPS. But you don't have the gun yet. No, well, yeah, it starts you out. You pick yeah. up the gun. You shoot the lady. Because like and you I get could, to the next part. I could believe that you would never pick up a gun when I when I started this game and it did the whole like she has found you. You are in you are in a simulation. You are working through a simulation. Um, this game starts up with a warning on like a a, a prompt screen, like a command prompt screen. And then boots you into the world that you come to understand is some sort of simulation. But the simulation is modeled after a Quake-era first-person shooter where you're walking around and you're slow, but the poly- you can sort of figure out your way through the polygon environments. Yeah, you can't run. And you can't run, but you are trying to figure out like how to get through this environment as fast and efficiently as possible. Because eventually, after you pick up a weapon for the first time, it's like, no, you can only enter for brief periods now. Uh, like find your way through as quick as possible open up shortcuts for yourself something's going wrong what's happening in the simulation and every time it boots you back out you're in a small room with a spiral staircase that doesn't go anywhere and a window that looks like it's going out to nothing and uh you communicate with a program that is supposed to be helping you through command prompts and it's super cool. Having both levels of this game were cool. The outside level where you're talking to a program with the command prompts was awesome. And the inside of the program was very, like, 
like uh, high adrenaline kind of uh, gameplay and the game ending right as you pick up that polygon shotgun and shoot this like being is so satisfying. It's so cool. It's so good. And so um, it's this is a 15 minute demo, so I don't Mm -hmm. think I'm spoiling it when I say it's about what would happen if the algorithm was made to cater to your own psyche like if if you went into vr and the algorithm like and when i say algorithm i do mean like the internet algorithm that caters to your interest if you were in vr and it created a world for you there and you never wanted to leave and people are like merging with it and and um that's just like so interesting that's the type of digital horror and like mind fuckery that i i really find interesting is like merging man and machine i mean my favorite anime is uh ghost in the shell so i mean there's that um it's it's just so cool and then um you have to go into somebody else's um it's not called their ecostasis it's um called their their echo yes um, which is their personal vr utopia you have to go in there and find their core which is you know the core of themselves um but you only have a limited amount of time to go through there. Um, I forgot what the reasoning was. There, there's a reasoning. Um, so it boots you back. So it is a little bit like a, it's a loop. So if you don't find it, it boots you back to the beginning. Um, but you can open up shortcuts for yourself to use later on. Yeah, it's pretty um, great. This yeah, this whole thing was a was an excellent time. Yeah, it's got a little bit of the well, a lot of the vaporwave vibe to it, but um, I don't think it's in an overplayed way you know if, yeah. if that makes sense because some people are like oh vaporwave everybody's kind of analog vhs uh monitor like old monitors like crt monitors kind of stuff it's it's it definitely does have that that kind of stink on it but it's also good yeah it, it does it in in a really well put together way um and when this ge- game comes out it's not out yet i will totally buy this game this game is so like I loved this. I was so sad when it booted me out because it's like, oh, thanks for playing. Like I, I really want more of this. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, I had yeah, I had a really good time with that. Do you have another another one? Um. Okay. Hold on. Let me see my list here. Um. We did Echo Stasis. Um. So the other one I really liked. Um was Lorne's Lure. Mm-hmm. Um, which Lorne's at, Lure at is first, very cool. Yeah, it, at first it didn't catch me because... So the story behind this one is you're an android and you followed a, a visual glitch um, mm-hmm. into a giant hole, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, like this 243 game, years ago. This game does something that I have always loved in games the kind of thing that can a kind of space that can only exist in dreams and virtual worlds, mm-hmm. which is a, a, a chasm vaster than anything, bigger than the ocean, bigger than space, bigger than anything with structures too huge to be constructed by man, too huge to even be natural. And mm-hmm. you are kind of working your way around them. And something about that is this this gave me the heebie-jeebies more than any other game. I, yeah, I will and I say. wasn't even scared of anything. Like nothing's gonna get you. Yes, there is no. But it's, threat. it's just the atmosphere. The atmosphere is oh. incredible. 
because but it, this it, is it's so desolate it, it's yeah. the fear of i am going to be stuck down here with nothing forever yeah this was the second to last game i played yeah. um and so, i think that this game this game is a first person sort of platformer you're you're yeah. you're all you're only maneuvering yourself that's the only thing you're doing so i guess in that sense it is a platformer um but you know it's not about uh sort of like timing double jumps as much as it is like looking at the terrain and figuring out which of these things can I stand on to get where I need to go next. And then you get Mm -hmm. some climbing tools and then you can get to different spots. There is an option to show you where to go, but it's the game is mostly intuitive in terms of where you need to go. Uh, So I didn't find myself needing to um, hit that. uh, It gives you some like climbing picks later on. That's what I said. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was like, kind of trying to think of what i was going to say next and, and not listening to you i'm sorry oh uh, um but yeah so the, the climbing piece i before i got the climbing picks it was not catching me really i was like oh this is just slow and i keep mm-hmm. falling and then it gives you that i'm like yo your your mobility just increases by like five million times but that just makes the space feel even bigger because mm-hmm. even even if you climb forever you're not getting anywhere um, right so your your goal is to find this visual glitch again that you haven't seen in two hundred and something years, because your your like core, your Android core is going to run out soon, mm-hmm. um, and you're like I can't have been down here for this long for no reason, right? Um, and that's just that's just so cool. Like this this existential like dread of I'm dying down here and I've been here for this is all that exists ever. Um, just very cool and this is I, th- I think the screen said it was an alpha this is what you have for your alpha that's impressive mm-hmm. like the ui definitely um is not there yet but it like it's wow. just uh, it's just traversal and atmosphere and this game yeah. does both of those things very well um okay next for me was ghastly goodies uh was this one on your i played that one yeah uh, so Ghastly Goodies reminds me a lot of the kind of game, it, it does remind, like, m- almost more than anything else on this list, this one fit the era perfectly for me. Absolutely. Because, uh, in particular, it, what it reminded me of was the um, PS1 era Looney Tunes games. The uh, the Sheep Raider is the one that comes to mind, with uh, bouncy 3D animations uh, and uh, kind of uh, clunky, sticky movement. Um focusing on collecting smaller objects and so yeah, fixed camera you, yeah you play as uh as a kid who gets dropped off to trick-or-treat in a spooky area did you do sarah did you do um what's his name pete i did pete i don't think there's yeah. any difference between the two of them okay pete had like i don't know about sarah but pete has like a little dragon costume and he's yeah. really cute yeah it is um but uh yeah you're uh so you do not have a jump. You do not have like a roll or a sprint or anything. You are just moving your your kind of slow, bouncy character around some environments and picking up items and bringing them to the next area and solving puzzles and avoiding getting killed by various enemies. In that sense, it really reminds me a little bit of uh, it's another Looney Tunes game, Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle. Or mm-hmm. like, but I mean, you know, Crazy Castle was something that what came over from a bunch of different things. But anyway, um, this game 
was very nostalgic for me for that reason. Like it, it reminded me so much of the era. It felt so perfect. And um, using your collectibles as a currency to spend yourself into new areas was fun. I like that, which is, you know, has been around for a long time, even before Mario 64, which is what people remember it from. But like this game felt it. I don't know. The, the, the gameplay feeling wasn't quite super satisfying, but everything else was like pitch perfect. You know? Yeah, I think the the gameplay is that level of frustration where if you haven't played a PS1, like a janky PS1 game in 20 years, you're going to be frustrated. Mm. I don't think that necessarily excuses games from doing that, but if you are specifically trying to call back to that, like the controls are a little bit frustrating and that adds to the challenge, then I mm-hmm. get it. Um, but otherwise, this game's like really cute. It, it is Halloween. Yeah. The art and- is perfect. Yeah, it's it's this cartoonish style that was just around in the late 90s and early 2000s on the PS1 and um partially on the PS2. Like it's 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 like a N64 PS1 type of cartoonish, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I had some fun with this game. Now, I have two games left outside of the secret ones. How many how many do you have left? I have I also oh, okay, so I have two and a half outside of the secret ones okay half all right so uh why don't you go because there's one that i didn't finish because we started the call oh we're gonna we're gonna blast through these because we've been we've been going on a little long longer than normal for our tarot sets yeah um so yeah the ones i I have to talk about are like short Mm -hmm. like they they aren't the ones that i was like in love with um so mummy sandbox was the ah yes we'll we'll be able to cross that one off of me mine too because that was also on my first floor yeah, so Mummy Sandbox uh, is bizarre. It's just a mm-hmm. weird game. Mm-hmm. Um, you are a mummy that has been disassembled or something. Um, and yeah, all you your pieces to... are in different places. Yeah, And all and that's you left to... is your eye and your organs. Yep, your eye and your organs, or it's like a ribbon Yeah, that it kind of constitutes, you know, your, like your entrails. Your form. Yeah. Um, so it starts with a weird, like, screen that's like, breathe. Um, and then for like half the game, it just like, like it does that the whole time until you get um, these glasses that make you be able to see clear. And then it has goofy music on it. Um, so you're basically running around several different sandboxes, digging stuff up, digging up other bodies and trying to find different parts to help you assemble yourself. Um, I thought the game was strange. I wasn't a big fan of it because it's not... Like if you, you can have a strange game that controls weird, um, but thanks. There's ways I would to love one. I appreciate you offering it to me. Huh? You said you can have a strange game that controls weird. I'm like, oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you for giving that to me. <laughs> I, I will love a strange game that controls weird. It's you perfect. You can have that. Um, I don't want to. Um, I think part of my impression of this game was tainted by when I first loaded it up. I had been playing Tori 3D with a controller because it was like, it's a PS1 demo disc. Obviously, I have to play it with a controller. Most of the demos, I don't think, even had controller support. And I discovered that by playing um, Mummy Sandbox. And it was picking up my controller, but wasn't mapped because it doesn't have that yet. Um, so I'm moving around with the keyboard, but my my controller was still on. So... I couldn't move my camera because the camera was very slowly spinning around Hmm. and it 
took me a while to figure that out. It was just really strange. So I, I exited out after I figured that out and went back in. I, and I just, just still wasn't a fan. Um, it's just weird. I think maybe if you weren't so low to the ground, I would have, a, like, a lot of it was the perspective you were in. It was just not comfortable, you know? I loved it. Uh, I thought this game was extremely cool. It was weird okay. as hell. Like, I I'm all for people experimenting. First, first person, digging with your entrails, and when you find, when you dig up certain things, you can only carry one thing at a time, and uh, you'll dig up, like, graffiti, and when you find that graffiti, you uh, can bring an object to that graffiti to complete it. It's almost like you're bartering, you're trading with these pieces of art to get parts of your body back. Oh, when you I get, thought they were actual dudes. When you get, maybe they are actual dudes. The, I thought because you dig first, you dig them up and you you see them in the dirt and it's yeah, like three D. Yeah, like it's, and it says and it says don't touch corpses or something like that. Yeah, don't touch corpses until fully exhumed. Yeah, so yeah, I I but like doing that and like playing playing Minecraft with entrails and sunglasses and a, and a, and playing in this mummy sandbox, I had a really fun time. Yeah. I I would have loved to see the rest of this game's weird ideas. So mummy sandbox was a was a hit for me. Yeah, I mean, I could try it again when it comes out and see if they've ironed out any of the things. Like, I just thought it was tedious and slow. Mm. It was mostly my my issue with it. Um, so, yeah, there was that one. Um, and then I played T-Mod, which mm-hmm. is very obviously G-Mod. You go in there, and it's, it's G-Mod, except it has kind of that, like, PS1 crunch to the graphics. Right. Um, and so you can spawn stuff, and you can have effects you can do all this crap and there's another guy in there with you and he's like oh hey what's up you know you forgot how to play game here's how to play game and you're just kind of spawning stuff and then there's like a tunnel off to the side and he's like standing there and he's just like spawn destroy spawn destroy and he says some weird shit um and then you go down the the like hole i guess he's created and there's some weird shit like it's very dark you go down there um you end up in um a new area and it's just flat there's nothing there so all all you're left to do is spawn everything in your inventory and then there's this one item you spawn which is just a giant ragdolling weird guy Mm -hmm. um then the sky turns all like like a test like texture you know a checkboard texture um and you shoot this thing and then the game ends um or the demo ends and I'm kind of interested in that. I I am one of those people who I'm like, oh, weird things wrong with the video game. Did That's they get weird? Did they get the fucking big red error from from the source engine? Yes. All right. I I love that guy. I was hoping he showed up. Yeah. There's a big red error. There's boxes. You can make a spawner that just spits shit out. Um. You got your gun. Um. You can shoot. I was shooting lights everywhere because I couldn't fucking see in the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just the, all the stuff. Um, I mean, to a point, like, obviously, they're not going to put everything you can spawn in Gmod into this. Um, but that was interesting to me. I, I, I feel like Gmod is, like, one of those sandbox games that is, is rife for making a weird thing. Um, because you get, like, the whole thing, I guess, the guy was rambling about creation and, destru- and destruction. Um, so that was fun. Um, I, I wonder what, I, I feel like Alex is going to make us play Gmod at some point soon. Um, I wonder what he would think about it, honestly. 
I wouldn't be surprised if, if that's in the cards for us. I, th- I yeah. think you'd probably get a kick out of this because he has actual experience with that game, whereas we, you and I just kind of know it from the outside. Yeah. But so there I'm is something like, that you have experience with, sort of. You have experience with MMOs, or mm-hmm. a- an MMO anyway. So what was uh, the dying MMO like? So I didn't finish this one. Um, I was playing it as we started up the um, podcast. Uh, but there's a game called Agony of a Dying MMO. Um, and basically you log into this very old, I guess it's kind of an Ultima-style MMO, except you're, it's a shooter. Um, and you get a message that's like, oh, uh, the, the servers are closing in 12 hours. Thanks for 20 years of the game. That's, it's been fun. Um, and it's, you've got voice chats and narration from people who are like, man, I wasted my life on this game. Now it's going away. I'm going to kill myself. Um, or people just classic. Yep. People who are like, my wife left me. (laughs) What am I going to do when the game's gone? You know, that kind of thing. Um, or people who are just logging back in for a little bit of fun before it, you know, goes away. Um, so you are trying to find an NPC that has been rumored to exist in the game, but no one has ever found. And the game is starting to act a little bit wonky because the servers are shutting down. Um, or this last singular server. And I guess, um, and you know, stuff like that sometimes happens when a game like that shuts down. Um, or like a mod will come in and just spawn shit for you because who gives a shit? It's almost over. Um, and I... Didn't fin- I want to finish this one. Um, I, I didn't get very far. But this is right up my alley because, you know, I've played MMOs. I play WoW all the time. Um, I have played some dying MMOs, um, not right as they were about to close. But yeah. it's very desolate. It's like everyone's just kind of like, what are we going to do? An it's it's kind of like, yeah, some of the NPCs, you talk to them and they're like, if you log out, what's going to happen to us? Ooh. They're gone forever. You know, that's depressing. That's that's you know like existential you know oh, yeah um so i i'm gonna finish that one because that one was like it, like it was getting to me mm-hmm. like i want to see what's up with that all right i have one left uh and then we're going to talk about the little bonus game yeah. um the last one i have is called janitor bleeds and this was one of the one of the ones i ventured into on the second floor this is a first person adventure game in the vein of something like an amnesia where you are um you are running around you don't really have combat you're solving puzzles you're exploring the area you're exploring uh reminded me of the coin game because it is a an empty desolate arcade after hours you have to sneak in it's all boarded up you uh have to find the right keys and once you get through and once you actually turn the lights on and turn the power on you find an arcade machine that just says janitor and when you uh go when you're playing this game it which is like a a vector graphics kind of uh not vector graphics it's it's like an atari style game like the the atari era arcade game about finding about finding a spill and mopping it up and when you and then you get to the part where you need to open up a door with a key and when you do this like ball of glitches comes out and kills you in the game and then you hear a noise outside of the arcade machine and something is loose 
and then you because you have solved this puzzle in the game you solve the puzzle in oh, no, the next level turbo. yeah you solve the puzzle in the next level and that next that next level is you know oh i can now get into a different now i can get into the manager's office and the manager's office has another has has another cabinet of janitor in there and when you look at that cabinet now there's different levels for you to play and you need to find coins to play this arcade game to open up stuff in the like quote unquote real world so that you can uh, advance but you're also opening up more ways for this horrible glitch creature to get you and you can hear it you can hear it moving around and because there's not a ton of light in this area Whenever it's close, you can see just this blinding light coming through the blinds or coming out from around corners and just making this like horrible beeping noise. It was so effective. It was such a good, scary thing. It reminds me of the the fucking Xenomorph in Alien Isolation. Like, I I loved it. Uh, This game was so cool, and I would love to play a full version of it, whatever that means. Yeah. Uh, A lot of these are on Steam. You can wishlist them or you can just bookmark them on itch. Right. So then there's one last one, which I had to be told about by Seb, because early on in this game, I was exploring the area and I found uh, there's a little side area before you go into the elevator at all to go up to the first or second floor. And I entered there and I didn't see anything. There was just nothing there. And uh, except for a computer, which I didn't have the password for. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll come back here later. And Seb's like, did you did you go back to the did you ever go into that little side room? And I said, yeah, I did. There wasn't anything in there. And Seb said, when you go in there, you'll know what to do. And which, of course, is a very funny thing to say, because when you go in there, there is a painting with mm-hmm. Skelly, Scully's, Scully. Scully's face on it. And I'm like, oh, my God, how am I supposed to know? I got to jump really into this painting. Yeah. Do we say he's, he's a he's the mascot. Skeleton? He's a huge skeleton. Well, he's a I bet he'd be friends with our skeleton. He's a regular he's size a skeleton. He looks great. I love and him. He has eyeballs. He's, he's got one red and one blue eyeball. Anyway, they hit, they hit an entire fucking 3D platformer in here with the mascot for the Haunted PS1. Oh, there's and a you few collect... games that have him in it as an Easter egg. Like yeah. um, Pathogen X has him as a doll just sitting around. And then in T-Mod, you can just spawn him. In um, very good. In Lunar Effect, uh, he is a doll that has a string mm-hmm. that you can pull. And he has little phrases in different areas. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but that was, it was honestly really good. It was the best 3D platformer of the three 3D platformers I played in this little collection. Uh, the bouncing head is a nice touch. The collectibles being CDs is good. I could see myself uh, absolutely playing like a, a whole ass game of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But that I, was, I, I it, it was just good. really tied the experience together. And I could have just completely ignored it. I could have completely missed it just because I didn't think to go back and check that room again after I had already played a bunch of games. Yeah, I went back in there just on a whim because I knew there was a computer in there that needs a, a password. And I was like, maybe I'll try that again. Um, and I I saw in the back wall, I was like, well, there's a painting here. Oh, and um, so I went in there and, and you go in and you press. You, there's always like a, an object from the game that you interact with yeah. um, that then loads the game. Um, and so it, it loads into there and it has a cutscene of Scully in his like normal for him and he's like this goddamn plastic box again <laughs> and he opens the ps1 he, he has a monologue and he, he opens the ps1 and it sucks him in and he's like no and then he gets put into this like cute little platformer he's like a chibi and there's these little ladybug guys who talk to you and they go 
and it's like clearly a guy talking um it's just really funny and cute it's really good Um, yeah so that that was a lot of fun so let's do some ratings because we all we had a pretty good and varied time with this but i think it's time we grade this on a more accurate curve Mm-hmm. So I would like to start by giving this five pumpkins for Halloween theming. Five out of five, I'd say. Because when you look at it, it really has everything you could possibly want out of a Halloween experience. It has yeah, a game. Yeah, there's even a game that takes there's place on Halloween. There's even a game that takes you're place on Halloween with, where you're trick-or-treating, trick-or-treating, where you're collecting candy. And there are plenty there. It has spooky things and, and it has scary things. It's got mm-hmm. mummies. It's got monsters. It's got... Uh, horrible creatures and blood and gore it's got body but also dysmorphia. body dysmorphia but Gender it also dysphoria. has you know funny glitches and skeletons and uh you know uh, a big ghost that has a head and hands boss in a in a basketball court it's got mm. every, the entire spectrum from scary to silly and it's got everything you could possibly want out of halloween including a funny skeleton who talks to you at the entrance desk so I yeah. got to give this five five pumpkins. Absolutely five pumpkins. Five skull-shaped pumpkins. And they're all fuchsia. Mm. In terms of Screams for Scariness, I'm going to give this four. It had, uh, because it had a game in here that actually scared me. I'm not going to rule out the possibility of there being more ones that would do the mm. same. I uh, agree with that. Yeah. Janitor, uh, Janitor Bleeds being the, the, the scariest for me. Uh, although I won't rule out the idea that other ones could also do have be that effective in their full versions yeah risu risu freaked me out um up until that ending so i i would yeah. even count that as a scream and lauren's lure was a uh, very spooky in a in a oh, way that was quite effective um that's a that's a scream to see how far it echoes <laughs> the endless uh, machine world now uh in terms of blood i've got to give this about a hundred lives worth of blood and that uh mm-hmm. you know converted to the metric system i'm pretty sure that's about two or three liters uh now there are a lot of games that have blood in them but not a ton each there's there's gore and entrails and debt and corpses and things like that basically everything except for uh apopsis Apolysis? Apolysis. Apolysis is covered in blood. That's all blood. But That's... most of these other games are not very violent. Uh, and I understand that as a choice because if you want to make something that's scary or spooky, you want to be reserved with it. Yeah, you there's know, not necessarily a lot of blood to be scary. Yes. And um, uh, I think this is very well done. Yeah, I agree. Um, tasteful, if you, if you could believe it. Tasteful. And it's actually really kind of hard to see what color that liquid is in, in green light oh <laughs> uh, yes of course uh, it's, it's funny um in in the uh ghostly ga- goodies there's ghostly like obviously ghastly goodies ghastly goodies so uh finally of course we have bats and i have to give this game an unprecedented 25 bats absolutely for 25 the amount bats. of fun i had with all this of game. our all of our ratings are the same i was about to say 25 also because they're 25 years. well no uh so no 25 plus two secret bats two secret bats Mm-hmm. This is the first rating we've ever given with secret bats. Now, yeah. I hope you've enjoyed this Terrasode, listeners, and go check out this collection because there's games that neither of us played on here, and I bet you they're mm-hmm. good. And if you like the demo, go find track down the developer on social media and see what they're working on. Maybe the game's done. Maybe it's not. Maybe they're working on something else entirely. Yep. But this is an excellent way to discover indie games made by small developers that you never would have heard of otherwise, and I was absolutely so happy to find that. 
So thank yeah. you, Seth, and, for and go do uh, go do the um, 2020 and the in the mall one too. Yeah, the mall one's new. The mall one's this just happened this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, and I'm sure by next year there will be some other crazy project that we won't even know about. So yep. keep an eye on this team. They've got some cool stuff going on. We'll see you next time with another Terrorisode listeners. PS1 sounds. PS1 sounds.